I had looked to this moment for many years. And now it is here, why do I feel as if I want to cry? I think you regretted the pain he caused you, lady. Lord have mercy on his soul and on us all. Prepare the body and inform your brother that his betrothal will take place imminently. You are to be sister to the new Lord of Mercia. Edward, I will fight this! You will not. You agreed that Elfwyn's betrothal was the best thing for Mercia. I will not have my child condemned to a life of misery. Please, Ludica, do not accept this plan. The plan offers stability. I believe it to be the best solution. Ratwolf is not the man to bring peace, please. Lady, begging is unbecoming. After everything I have done for Mercia, to have risked my life for this reward, my child thrown to a man who will mistreat her. Perhaps it will teach her more deference than her mother has. From Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to The Last Kingdom with Mary and Blake. It's a podcast dedicated to the show The Last Kingdom on Netflix. So grab an ale, sit back and relax, and let's see how England was born. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. My name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and I love when shows just get weird with it. Give me all the weird. You do. Just every ounce of weird. I don't, but you do. Every ounce of weird that you can give me, just lay it on thick. Like kids like having fever dreams about crows and- I'm the opposite. Running into their uncles and- yep. All of it. I just, as soon as it happened, I said, this this show knows where what it wants to do with oh, me, at my least. my goodness gracious. <laughs> sometimes I'm into it, sometimes I'm not, and I just love- Mary was not into it this time. I wasn't. I was like, is this real? Is Leah Fritch going to pop up? Is this like some kind of pagan dream? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so before we dive into this episode, we do want to give you a heads up that it's actually a joint episode yes. for two television episodes. Um, we just- watched the 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 episodes and I being still sick I kind of snuck in episode 406 <laughs> and I told Blake I said these two actually work really well together yeah. and we are on a time crunch as you prepare for season 5 to drop in the very near future so apologies that both of these episodes don't have their own private podcast episode but as I said they kind of flow beautifully just for the sake of time and the, for yeah. the fact that they were obviously very much blocked together like it's the same director. It's the same writer. Like yeah. it, it just is very clear that these two naturally go together. Yeah, exactly. So um, before we do that, though, I wanted to remind you to hit that subscribe button and to also leave us a rating and review, particularly in Apple Podcasts. Even if you listen on Stitcher, if you listen on Facebook or YouTube, if you head to Apple Podcasts and you leave a written review in addition to the five stars, it honestly helps us so much. There's going to be loads of new people who are going to be swarming their podcast apps, looking for content on The Last Kingdom and leaving a one or two sentence review, makes 
makes a giant difference yep. for how our podcast gets found. If you enjoy our content, you can head to maryandblake.com because we actually are doing a lot of podcasting so <laughs> this spring. So we probably podcast about something else that you like as well. And if you're not part of our exclusive Facebook community, just head on over to Facebook, type in Mary and Blake, and I promise you you're going to find it there. We'd love to have you there. And of course, this podcast is thanks to our friends at jointhenerdclan.com. Give yourself a pat on the back if you're one of our fellow Nerd Clan members. Um, if you are not yet a member there, it's for as little as $2 a month. All of the proceeds go towards Blake and I being able to create this content, keep this studio going, mm -hmm. and it truly helps support our family. So it's a mom and pop podcast. If you buy your coffee from a non-chain store and you like to listen to mom and pop podcasts like our own, think about contributing at jointhenerdclan.com. All right, let's get into the show. All right, so also, little housekeeping. Our kids are literally like 20 feet from us <laughs> playing Harry Potter Lego on the video game. You're probably going to hear them. You will. I'm not, it's not even a probable. And you might hear spells like, do Wingardium Leviosa. That is why. That is why. <laughs> this is, once again, mom and pop podcast shop. Yes. So our podcast studio is literally next to the kids' TV. All right. So in these episodes, episodes 405 and 406 of The Last Kingdom, um, Ethelred, we just finished up the battle and his head was kind of gashed open. So, kind of. <laughs> a little bit of his a boo. brains were seeping so his out of the back of brains are super head. gross and everyone's trying to figure out like who's going to become the new king because things are done differently there all right it's not just next in line it doesn't just go to ethel fled like things are handled very differently there with the witten and everybody there in the witten is very strong and crabby once again women should just run this world like i don't understand why women aren't in charge um but eventually his bestie kills him in like the most gruesome death that i have seen yet on the last kingdom i still actually haven't been able to watch all of it because it makes me want to vomit even just thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And his sister, Eardwolf, a.k.a. Oslicker, the mm -hmm. murderer, his sister ends up... Edith. Edith ends up like helping out, and Uja becomes the best babysitter ever. <laughs> and they run away, yeah. and they run into the sickness eventually. Yeah, that's really gross. And for anyone else who has issues watching sicknesses during a two-year <laughs> shutdown of what we've been all going through... <laughs> At least it's not that, you know, as I sit here with my long COVID headaches and extreme fatigue. Yeah. It's not that. So you're not dying on a pike nobody, with blood coming out of your mouth. Nobody's putting me on a pike being like, Mary has long COVID. <laughs> oh my God. String her up. <laughs> no. Oh, I'm man. thankful to live when I do. Yes. I will say that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, speaking of when we do. Um, Blake and I are very, very aware that there is a lot of turmoil going on in the world right now, and we just want to um, send prayers and, and our warm thoughts to the people of Ukraine. We don't usually get into matters um, that are of the world or any of this kind of stuff, but um, you know, we want to let you know that we continue to podcast even in these tumultuous times because we hope that our podcasts are a, a bit of light um, for people during times when particularly empaths like myself or people who are suffering or people who who are suffering because they can't help, you know, in many ways. Mm -hmm. uh, we hope that we can be just a little piece of light to uh, bring to the world. Yeah, this I, and I've always held this opinion. This is exactly when we need 
podcasts like ours or books that you read or movies that you watch, like go watch the Batman, like just go do it because if that's, if that's your bag, because we all need to escape the reality. We just for a little bit, we watch for a little bit. Yeah. Don't ignore it. It just acknowledge its presence and it's there. If you can, if you want to Yeah, do, do what you want to do, what suits you. Uh, but it's important that things like this exist so that we can unplug from sometimes what is a harsh reality. And we do know that, as Mary said, that there there are harsh realities happening right now. But we're here to spread, uh, as we say, the Lumos in the time of Knox because, you know what? It's needed. Nerds need it sometimes. Me and too. Uh, And it's hard, especially for empaths like Mary. Yeah. Because, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> I already started to, like, mentally convert our spare room. Oh, Oh, oh. I started to think about can no, I fly to Berlin God, please, no, and pay for no, plane tickets to bring a family no. back? No, Mary. No. So that's right, just, Michael. Just no. know, just know, friends, that this is this is where my brain goes. And <laughs> with what little brain power I have. Yeah. This is what I do. So instead I've donated. But anyway, yes. we're continuing on. Okay, fair enough. All right. Blake, so Blake signed off on that. <laughs> okay. So actually I don't think that I did, but that You're it, right, you didn't. Yeah. No, you just did it anyway. It, yes. it is fine. It, it is it is what it is. All right, listen up. So this uh Getting down to business, Mary. Uh, the the episodes that we are talking about today, uh, as we've already said, is our episodes four oh five and four oh six. They are being clumped together because I, they follow, I think, one particular arc, which is the um, the betrothal of uh, Elfwin and running around trying to escape certain things and getting away from Ethel. Uh, I'm sorry, getting away from Erdwolf and helping. Ethel fled, escape Aylesbury. Like it's just a whole, it, and it just runs throughout these two episodes. And both episodes are directed by Andy Hay and are written by the showrunner Martha Hillier. Now, Andy Hay has done a lot of British TV that I don't know. Some of you nerds may know the show Jamestown. Uh, that is his one of his primary uh, accomplishments as a director. Uh, and that's about it. If you want to know more about the things that he's directed, do that on your own time. But what I will say is that he does actually have two episodes of this season and he has, I think three or four episodes of next season. So season five, that's already come out. Uh, not the, the season hasn't come out, but the directors and writers have come out. Uh, so that is that. Uh, and Marvin, what do you have for your... Let's see, your shield's, shields rating, rating today. Yes. My shield's rating is, is a four. <laughs> don't you go die. I don't no, want to put I, you on a pike. Oh, God, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, my shield's rating is a 4.8. I okay, thoroughly wow. enjoyed this episode. All right. Very good. Even very good. It was so gross. I will tell you. These episodes. Yes. Um, these episodes. You know, it is funny because we never, ever, ever, ever combine episodes for television. I don't even remember the last time if we that we've done it, if we have we at have. all. Um, but just for the sake of time and whatever it is, what it is, I would say that these episodes for me are probably in the four, six range combined. Mm. I liked episode five better than six, Okay. but I liked episode six for different reasons than I liked five. Yeah. So when I, when I combine them both, I'm, I'm going four, six, Okay. which is good because that means we're gaining momentum. We're getting... Each episode that I've seen so far, we've been in like the 4.2 to 4.4 range. So we're getting better as time goes along yeah. here, which I think is is good and natural. All right, what do you got for your GBG? You're good, you're bad, and you're great. You know what I wonder? I wonder if we had done these as separate episodes, if I would have scored them lower. 
Really? Mm-hmm. Like separately? Have, yeah, separately I might have scored them lower. Yeah. But and, as a combined storyline, yeah. I'm here for it. And that and that's a great thing. Like, are we doing the season justice by rating each episode, or do we rate the season as a whole, right? Because each episode is a facet to a larger story yeah. piece. Right. It's 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 the it's the stitch in a larger tapestry, mm. right? Um but the way that I also see it too is you have a duty as a showrunner and as a storyteller to make sure that each particular stitch is the best that you can offer. It shouldn't be contingent upon and it's everything different else. With um it's different because it's Netflix. That's the other thing yeah. that is so interesting. And I, I've been wondering this a bit as we are approaching season five and as Bridgerton is coming out later this month too, you get to see something like HBO's Euphoria, which currently right now is one of the hottest shows that people are looking forward to. And it makes me wonder how much more <clears throat> impact would a show like The Last Kingdom be making if it was released on a once, if Netflix decided rather than binging, if it released things once a week. But on the flip side, that is the opposite of the Netflix model. The whole Netflix and chill is literally about binging. Yeah. So they probably never will change their model of dropping episodes like Disney Plus does with The Mandalorian, like HBO does with their shows, like Star does with Outlander. But on the flip side, it does allow people to digest and to thoroughly rewatch episodes and to have these deep discussions. That that may actually be helping the once a week kind of drop. Yeah, I've always been a fan, and I, I and maybe it's just because I'm old, but like <laughs> I've always been a fan of the once a week. Let's invite the water cooler talk. Let's invite the the Reddit. You know, at the time when we were watching t- television as kids, it was like let's invite the the AOL chat room talk. You know, and like let's invite. I'm thinking back to the TV guide where you'd get the two sentence. Yeah. What do you think's gonna happen? And then like let's also then invite the podcast discussion in between mm-hmm. each episode. And now it's like Reddit's and all that other stuff, right? And YouTube discussions and. So it's just it's a very different feel, and I think it's interesting. Yeah, I think so too. If I had to make a choice, I would say give me everything once a week. Uh, but I will also say, though, that Netflix, when they did do this, when they came out with their model, it revolutionized television, Agreed. right? And it changed the scope of what television could and would and should do. And, I think- and it was like kind of – it was kind of um, a novelty. I wonder if that novelty is wearing – or if we need to compare it differently against shows that do come out once a week, like we are with this episode. Yeah. You know, the fact is, is that most people probably kept watching play. Probably most people watched four, five and six together. Guaranteed. You know? Guaranteed. So it's just, I think that this is something that we may look at, especially in regards to Netflix shows. You know, as we go into season five, we're we're hoping that we can just do one episode at a time. But honestly, if we find, particularly me, because I sometimes sneak ahead, (laughs) that an episode truly sings well with the partnered episode and that like this, you know, when I, it took me a little while to convince Blake that we do this as a joint episode. Because I'm I'm Because he didn't see it. Yeah. Um, and I, and I did, and I kept telling him, I said, you know, a, it's the time commitment that we have to be making as we're trying to make this big crunch. Um, but I told him, I said, I really think they complemented each other better. And so 
just know, podcast listeners, that we ideally are going to be doing it show by show, as there is a lot to talk about. But I think that looking at Netflix as a different model with the with the people who run Netflix, knowing that it is binging, that we could look at things differently. And maybe it means that we partner up some episodes, but we have a different discussion on a part to kind of continue to fill out our podcast season. Yeah. I think there's some validity there, Mary, to that conversation. But uh, on the other hand, taking it back to where this conversation kind of began, which is as a showrunner, do you have a responsibility to make sure each stitch of that tapestry is a viable stitch? I think it it's based upon be, your platform, though. It shouldn't be reliant upon future or past. Like, but that's why I'm wondering. It like, should like, build and it, evolve. It shouldn't be... But I don't know. That's why I'm saying the Netflix model is different. They are yeah. expecting that most people went from five straight into six. And they said, you know what? I'm going to stay up a little later because I need to see what happens. So then I guess the question is, what do you as a viewer expect out of your out of your viewing experience? I will say with Netflix shows, I'm more over looking at the season or, or like the bunches. Of, yeah. You know, I when I watch Netflix, I do generally watch two episodes at a time. Yeah. Because I'm making that kind of a commitment, you know, and I think that that probably is how most people, this is something I'd love someone to weigh in on, you know, listeners are like, I'd love to know when you watch Netflix shows or shows that are past that you can now binge, you Mm -hmm. know, so a lot of people who watched Outlander on Netflix when they hadn't watched it in real time on Stars. Did they just get to binge things and did that make their experience a lot different? Doesn't mean you don't rewatch it. Doesn't mean you don't love it, Mm -hmm. but it's just, you know. I don't know. I think that cliffhangers can be different and storylines can be different. Yeah, so let's it, get it, into the GBGs. Yeah, it, it informs, it definitely informs yeah. the storytelling. Yeah. So, all right. So my good, my bad, and my great. My good for this podcast episode is that Uhtred is the best babysitter ever. <laughs> Daddy daycare, watch out. Like you Eddie got Murphy's nothing. Murphy's got nothing. Nothing. On Uhtred. On Uhtred. Oh my gosh. So good. Just like picking up kids left and right. Uh, and his daddy daycare with Finnan and Citric and Osferth. I'm I'm here for it. Finnan is awesome. Finnan with needs a baby. <laughs> he needs a honey and he needs a baby. Oh my well, gosh. Well, I think that honey is going to be Edith. I'll tell you that. I'm here for that. I will. I will ship Edith in Finnan. Let's do it. Fin- I hate her Finneth. wig, but I I'm down for it. The, the, the wig sucks. He can't die. They both need, to, or they just need to adopt, or they could even have like dogs. Do I like, don't even care. Do they you just, like they Eden they have so much or love. Finneth better? Eden sounds like an actual name. I don't. I don't like anything. Uh, I don't okay. like any of it. Fair enough. Right? Fair enough. So my bad is the princess and the crow dream sequence of like <sighs> stumbling around. I hated the blue thing because when I've had moments like this before through Uhtred's eyes, they've been this like weird pagan Leofrich coming to you, talking death stuff, and so I'm sitting there saying, "Well, she is half pagan. Is this like?" She's she's half Dane because her we're, dad we're, is yeah, actually. We're assuming that uh, the show has essentially told us that her dad was Eric. I will say so, I will agree with you. So I'm thinking like, is this the pagan dream thing? What's going on? And why did the crow lead her to her uncle? At that point, I'm like, screw you, crow! What's going on? <laughs> There's no story or Brita putting a curse on you, so I don't understand this. <laughs> screw you, crow! Seriously, <laughs> like give me a bloody break! And she's just uh-huh. stumbling around, so it's just her like having a fever dream. I was not here for it because I'm thinking, I know your dad. He was a Dane. You're having some special little dream. 
No. <laughs> Stupid. You crow. No, not here for this. Okay, you're half pagan. If she wasn't, if we weren't led to believe that she was Eric's child, yeah. then it'd be a different thing. But because of the Dane blood, I'm equating your sick fever dreams being some pagan magic stuff. You screw you, crow. <laughs> That's um, going to be the next show. No, it doesn't need to be. It's going to be. My great, <laughs> the kids finally matter. It has been four and a half seasons of yeah. kids just being tossed aside. Aside from baby Edward, mud baby, you know, yeah. nobody else has really mattered as a child. Nobody's really stuck yet. And I am loving the future King Ethelstan having, you know, a presence. I am yeah. loving, um, you know, Ut- both of Uhtred's kids, but they're older. So they're like teen, teen you know, preteen teens. Yeah. And they've got this different level of them, but they're even helping with the kids. So I just love that the kids actually matter and Uhtred's giving emotion and trying to protect them. And I don't know, I'm just happy because I've been sitting here saying, hello, y'all have yeah. kids. And I feel like Uhtred had more kids than two. He did. He had uh, Where's- Stiora and Uhtred, and then he had the baby that, ended up killing Gisela during birth. Yeah, but that baby lived. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so who like, is that where, baby? Yeah, where is that baby? Like, who is that kid? Yeah. Where's... Where's unnamed child? Yeah. <laughs> Can't just leave one. I'm going to f- Google that right now. You go, Blake. What's your GBG? <laughs> All right, so... Because I'm mad. I'm happy the baby... I thought that was I'm a third baby. I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. It was my great, but where's the other baby? <laughs> um, my good. The show is, especially in in episode six, gives the feeling and the, and the momentum of a much smaller show. It gives it a much smaller set of circumstances and stakes because of the road trip you know, in, in quotes, you know, road trip mm-hmm. aspect, uh, the chase of it all. Uh, the Last Kingdom has a tendency to go big. And by big, I mean kings, queens, uh, princes and princesses. And, and the decisions are that, that are being made are, are forming the, the foundation of Western society. Like, w- the fact that Edward, I'm sorry, the fact that Alfred won these battles and, and essentially established the base upon which England is now born and like the effect that England has had on Western. It's just, it's these massive stakes and we're following a character in Uhtred that is small, but gets swept up in these huge stakes. On the opposite end for these particular episodes, this, the, the interactions are much smaller. They're much more nimble. They're much more personal. Um, we're not talking kings and queens and, and princes and princesses, although there are, you know, they, they are related to what's happening. But the fact of the matter is, we're watching a group of people run away, and that to me is awesome. I love the fact that we can just sit with that and allow the the tension of the chase itself. And the tension of escaping itself run the narrative. That is awesome. Uh, the bad for me is the Mercian soldiers just allowing Erdwolf to take a hike. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, no, that. Okay, why don't you run away to France? 
Like, good good luck, brother. You just admitted to killing the king in front of all the king's soldiers. Yeah. Run away. Run away, They don't Simba. say, like, we're Run actually going to go chase him. Yeah. No, they, they just, just, like, they're like, okay. They say, we're going to go home and figure out who our new king is, but what in the world? Like, part of me thought, there's no, like, okay, that guy rode off. Erdwolf asked, like, a rode off. And he probably was riding for, like, a good two minutes. And then all the Mercian soldiers took off once Edith was like, okay, listen, everybody chill out. And then Uther was like, all right, everybody chill out. We're good. They took off. Part of me was like, there's no way they're letting Aslicker run away and get away with what he did. They did for now. But there was no, like, there, in, like there's just no mention of that. There's no feeling of that. Okay. There's no, like, some, some jabroni being like, yeah, let's go get him. You know, like, it... They, the show just did a it did a lazy thing. Mm-hmm. It did a very lazy thing, which it, it allowed Aslika to 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 go away unscathed. Which to me, and here is a, a very 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 early destined to be theory of the week. There is zero point zero chance that this is the last we're going to hear of Aslika. Yeah, okay? he's not dead. If they're not dead. If, if you don't see them die, you don't see the body. They, they ain't back. dead and they're coming back. Maybe he'll join Aladdin's Merry Men. Well, I was thinking that he's going to join Aladdin That'd or is he going to join up with Heston? Oh, I'm Oh, I'd love all of that. I'd love all of it cuz now he actually matters to me. Now I don't have yes. to always call him Aslicker. Speaking of lazy, ready? Uhtred's youngest son Here's what the producer said. There were too many new characters in season four. So they decided not to include him. And when Uhtred speaks this season and he says he has his children, he mentions Story and his son, not sons. The unnamed child was the child of Uhtred and Gisela when she died in birth, but the kid was still alive, obviously. And then this is what the producer literally said. I think we're always conscious about bringing in new characters. And there's an awful lot of them within this season. There's a lot of younger children characters coming up. Obviously, we only had 10 episodes and so many hours and so many storylines that we could really push through. So there's a chance that he may pop up. I'm not reading more because I don't want to know like book spoilers. Yeah, yeah. There's a chops chance like Uhtred, He'll show up. Maybe. Next season. But for Uhtred to just say like my daughter and my son, they might have just said, hopefully nobody remembers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know the, the whole reason why Giesel is dead? Yeah. Nobody will remember. Or Uhtred was really mad that that kid killed him. So yeah. killed her. So they, we're bye. Just, we're just gonna whistle past that graveyard and just hope that nobody even notices. Oh my gosh! So there you go. Um, but my great. Uh, so I, I'm just gonna say that my my bad ultimately is Aslika and how he just you know took off. Um, my great though has to go to Tim Palma. Tim Palmer. I know you don't know who he is. It's okay. And none of you nerds know who he is. And that's some, also some okay. Nerds do. No, no, you don't. I know you don't. It's okay. It's fine. I know you don't. You're so rude. It's, it's fine. There's nothing Someone wrong with it. Someone listening right now knows. Maybe like Tim's mother knows. But none of you nerds know who Tim Palmer is. And he is. Is it the bird trainer? No, not the bird trainer. Uh, he's the director of photography. Okay. Uh, especially in episode five. What? An incredible job. The death scenes, and um, especially with, uh, with with Ethel Red and being in the bed, and the candlelight, and the inky blacks, and the and and, and just allowing it to look like an oil painting, um, allowing it to just 
be. It reminds me of uh, Roger Deakins, the that that world famous for, uh, director of photography. Actually, he was the one who uh, helped give advice in consulting on how to train your dragon. Oh. So when you see, especially the first How to Train Your Dragon, it's full of darkness and candlelight. And like, if you remember, like the, the conversation between Stoic and, mm-hmm. and, and Hiccup or when Hiccup is looking in the Book of Dragons in the big hall, it's just dark. And, yeah. and that's because it's Roger Deakins. That's because how, that's how Vikings roll. For those of you who don't know, How to Train Your Dragon are also Vikings. Yes. So I, I just, the, what he achieved in this episode and in is even in episode six, but specifically episode five, man, blew my doors off. That, that is just just cinematography nerdiness at its best. Love it. Like, just give it to me all. Give me every ounce of it. So that is that. Marvin, what else do you got for this episode? Our children are being a little loud, so oh, I'm are. going to talk with them for just Thank one you. moment. Thank As you. you vamp for me, okay? It's totally okay. So I just need to get this off my chest because I know that Blake won't squirm, squirm as much as I do. But the death of Ethelfred. Ethelred. I can't even. I can't even, guys. And I, you all know, I'm not a bloody, gory, gross person. I can handle it. It's not my favorite thing. And of course, like I've also watched Game of Thrones. I've now watched four and a half seasons of this show so I can handle it. I frequently, you know, I'm that person. I mean, we've seen some gross murders. I don't even know what he truly did because I, I still haven't been able to watch it. And I know it's fake. I know it's fake. But I'm so grossed out by that death that nothing will ever i mean this this guy the the ass licker um i mean he's i've never liked him anyway but this you have now earned the grossest death and what's crazy is that not only was ethelred starting to not redeem himself, but starting to see the error of his ways. But then he gets this dirty death by someone who he didn't even necessarily wrong wrong. I mean, Ethelred did wrong him just because of how he talks to him and how he treats his sister and all these kind of things. But like, I would have seen this as a death that Ethelfled could have given him, mm-hmm. you know, very much... Um, Here's for raping me as your wife and treating me so terribly, you know, that kind of stuff. Or a Dane could have done it to him. Sure. But for this to be, you know, we're, we're getting all these moments of Ethelred realizing like, I've wronged you and I'm so sorry. And I will stand by you and your decision to make sure that our daughter, he acknowledges, mm-hmm. you know, that he'll treat her princess like like his daughter and so he's going about these things once again not fully redeemable but i'm happy he's making some better choices and then he gets this kind of a death so i'm grossed out by it tremendously but i think it also impacted me because of how what it did to me emotionally yeah that this first of all the sound design i know that's why i can't even like talk about it the sound design for this getting chills in my neck for this moment nope was excellent and remember, <laughs> this is basically me when I'm watching that scene. <laughs> this again, this is why you have to watch the podcast, ladies mm-hmm. and gents, because Mary is just covering herself up in her hoodie. Um, by the way, your hoodie is so bright; it's shining on the wall behind you, like the nice. green. And I just, I just noticed it, so it's, it's awesome. <laughs> um, 
the sound design in, in this in this particular scene is fantastic. How long and do you have to talk about it? Because I honestly might need to like cover my ears. All right, fair enough. And Just don't recreate it. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna re- re- recreate nothing. Okay. But that is the 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 the. That is the sign of a good show that understands that the yes the visuals are there and the score is there and by the way this is when the score should be heavy yes you know th- this is when it should and the and, sound engineer person though was excited oh. they were like I'm gonna get Jello and wet spaghetti <laughs> and it's gonna be like ASMR slime. like to the max yeah they went on YouTube ASMR squishy. Hands <laughs> and went to their heart's content. Yeah, and then they, they and they put in like some aloe in there as well and crunched it all up at the same time. Oh yeah. Anyway, this is a, the sign of a, of a good show when they understand. I've never seen people eat aloe on ASMR. By the way, go to YouTube. Yeah, because Mary has a sick. I do have a sick obsession. Yes, you do. Yes, you absolutely. Like, just no, you so do. you know, a, a it's not an obsession. Okay, I'm not listening to it every single day. But just so you know, there are a lot of people who find ASMR videos really calming, I, I and get it's it. been a really rough couple of years, man. So if I want to watch <laughs> someone like Some... cut moon sand, okay, check that out. If I want to see somebody, <laughs> the fact that you're having recommendations, yeah, you're sh- welcome. Land. It should it should show you. That you're just a little bit more the, involved the than you care ones, to admit. The eating ones, Blake and I will occasionally watch to laugh because it's so weird. I, the eating ones, I don't like love. They don't relax me. It's just weird. It's funny. Yes. Yes. But, but the, the, the weird kinetic mag- sand. The kinetic sand. I love that. Come I home and she's sitting so there watching some like. I'm trying to chill the kids out. Okay. Some <laughs> days they're freaking out and I'm like, watch this. And it works. <laughs> and I love it. Okay. But yeah. We'll so, continue. Let's yeah, stop talking the, about all right, so what I watched. All to I'm trying out. to say is this is a sign of <laughs> everyone has their thing. <laughs> everyone, this is now a sign of, uh, or it's indicative of a good show that understands that sound design is just as important as the visual aspect. It's just as important as the the scoring aspect of what it's trying to do. That is excellent. The fact that it was Aslika who did it was even better. And the fact that his sister saw the whole thing even better. It's crazy because people who listen to our podcast but have already seen these episodes must have been laughing at us. Is we're like, who are these nobodies? I we know. don't care about them. <laughs> Get them off the screen. I don't even know their names. And like they're foundational pieces <laughs> of what's about to happen. Um, we're like shipping her with Finnan. It's that big of a deal. I, oh my goodness gracious. I will say, Mary, and I think you already touched on this but the fact that I even felt bad at all for Ethelred, mm-hmm. that to me screams like wizardry. Yes. Like that, someone came in and did an inception on me. On our brains. On, on all brains. of our brains. That we felt a little bad for Ethelred. Who's going to watch his bird? I haven't seen it. I know. <laughs> Are you just gonna let it fly away? Like set it free, like White Fang. Yeah, <laughs> go just that. Start throwing that's a, rocks that's at what Edith it. did before she left as well. <laughs> she set free Ethelfled and the Peregrine Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's my fanfic. <laughs> Setting all the animals free, just throwing rocks at them, begging them to leave. Oh yeah, I could see that. I could totally see that. Um. 
I just, I can't believe that I felt bad it, in any capacity. And I think it's, I think it, it has to do with the fact that he had some emotional resolve mm-hmm. um, and resolution with, especially with Ethelfled. And Ethelfled also made this comparison. Like I should have, I should be jumping for joy right now. And yet I'm, I want to cry. I loved that because she didn't need to say that to make us feel that way. Yeah. But by her saying it, it made us feel okay as a viewer with our conflicted feelings. We already were feeling that. Yeah. We were feeling that during the murder, I think. And for her to say it, we were like, oh, okay, if she's saying that, then it's okay that I felt bad. Yeah. And normally I would be of the opinion like, don't tell me how I should feel. Don't tell me that uh, I need to feel bad. But for some reason, Mary, I think you're right in this case. The Ethel fled of it all gave us permission. Well, we needed to feel Ethel fled, who did. was his tortured wife. Yes. That was the conflict. We needed her to say it. It didn't make it. She wasn't saying you all have to feel this way. Yeah. But it was her kind of giving her blessing to the viewers that if you felt a little bit this way. Yeah. And this so is why she. this is why this episode was the standout for me because of this the scene between Millie Brady who plays Ethel Fled and Tony Regbo who plays Ethel Red. The way like they've always been at odds and it's always been good guy versus bad guy right mm-hmm. between these two. But when they finally get into that gray that we've mm-hmm. talked about so much in in the Last Kingdom, where there's some common ground and, and at least sympathy mm-hmm. uh, from both or empathy from both you allow them to be more than just good versus bad yeah um and that there's nuance in that thing the fact that ethelred could turn around and say exactly i know i've always i've not always treated you with kindness <sighs> that uh, for some reason that line and i wrote it down yeah that line just it soared for me, it, mm-hmm. it it made it didn't make it all go away, but it it was just like a recognition. It was a it was a almost a um I don't know. It was like an ex a period on the end of that sentence for me, mm-hmm. where it was like it didn't make the sentence go away, but it put a stop to it, and. I was allowed to feel what I feel, and yeah. then I was allowed to feel something different going forward. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Yes, there? yes. Um, and wrapped up in all of this, Mary, is this like kind of political back and forth. Edward's there, the battle is over, and they're trying to figure out who's going to be the next, you know, successor of Mercia, and like we have. Like a bunch of guys, Ludica and Burborg or whatever the hell the guy's name is. Oh, we don't need to with know the their names. Son and the son with the super long hair who kind of reminds me of, uh, <laughs> who kind of reminds me of the, the prince in Stargate. We can just call him Krabby Dad because he's the only one that has a kid. Yeah. So Krabby Dad. With, and then Silver Fox. And who's Silver not Fox. really a fox, but yeah. he's fox-ish. He's just got the silver hair. So we uh, got Silver Fox who likes Edward and Krabby yes. Dad who doesn't like Edward. Those are the two standout Witten members. Right, right. And then there was this scene, though, where Edward says to Ashlika, hey, why don't you go sit next to Krabby Dad? Oh, no, uh, go sit next to or between Krabby Dad and, and Ludica. 
And then he has that question of, so what do you think you would do? Um, Aired Wolf, like, would you be a good fit? And you could see both Krabby Dad and Lotica, like, whoa. Yeah. Like, we did not see this coming. This was not where I was coming from. Mm-hmm. And what's worst is Edward is getting this um, advice from Ethel Helm from Phil. And he's just, again, listening to Phil. Man, I want Phil to go away. He will. And, he will one But day. let me ask you, Mary, are you bored by all of this, like, political, who's going to be the next successor and who's going to be betrothed to Elfwin and all that stuff? Can I tell stuff? you the truth? Yeah. I'm not. Really? I am bored by the people. I'm bored by Krabby Dad and Silver Fox and Erdwolf. But... I like this because it's different. It's not just your next born, uh, nor is it given to your wife or to your daughter. Um, there's no like, who's his cousin? You know, like it was It was clear with Wessex mm-hmm. where the line goes, okay? And, and then we find these people and these people are related. But in Mercia, it's different. And it's interesting to me that this is how it's handled and mm-hmm. that there wasn't like a vice president chosen ahead of time. Right. How do you do this? How do you send your king to battle and not know who's next in line? Yeah. Who's if the, the king designated were to fall? survivor? Yes. Yes. Who's the designated survivor? And what's interesting is that, um, it makes me think like maybe they don't want a designated survivor because they do get a full refresh when the King of Mercia dies. Yeah. Because, you know, you think vice president and president here in the U.S. currently now, they run together. And if the president dies and you're like, yay, we get it, you know, the king dies, yay, we get a reboot, but it's like the same kind of person, yeah. it's not great. So Mercia gets to have like the restart button yeah. after someone dies, which I think is really interesting and it shows you why they need to make this decision very quickly. You can also see why things in history took place where now there uh, there is someone who <laughs> is chosen. Um, but I actually just like to see how a different society is choosing their leader. Sure. Sure. And and among all of this, too, is Edward trying to make these decisions. Like, he's holding the fact back that Elfwyn is, is gone, you know, and he's holding the fact that back that Ethelfled is gone, you know, and he's lying to all these people. He's trying to make it seem like everything's under control. And they don't want him there. Like, I think that that's what's so interesting is I've had a misconception of how all of these societies worked. Mm-hmm. And I love seeing, like, even when the um, the Saxons came in, and they were so different. The whales, sorry, uh, the yeah, people the from Welsh, Wales, yeah. the Welsh, they, um, like, they are different. So it just, it's an interesting bit for me historically to see how different they all are, the mm-hmm. pride that they have, but also how how they run their societies and how they run their leadership. So I'm not actually bored by this process. I am legitimately shocked at this. I I thought that you would say that this is all for the birds. I I I I thought if you were there were dis- processes, if there was, what's that rules? The rules when you're in a board meeting and it's like the rules of like I second that motion on oh. this. <laughs> no, I'm not here for that. I love all this kind of gossiping, just standing around a dead body. You know, like who's gonna choose it now like okay we better go like chat with our friends and figure this out yeah right i think my son's great well i'm old and i've been here a long time and i'm friends with edward like 
I just think it's wild <laughs> that this is how they choose a king. I mean, this is chaos. And, you know, it's funny, too, because while we have this this very violent death in Ethelred, and we've just moved on from a very violent battle at Tettenhall, the, the methods of confrontation when mm-hmm. it comes to uh, who is going to be the next the next successor are far less violent but just as impactful i mean yes. you know whether it is you know um like the the deeds that are happening are far more cerebral mm-hmm. and but they're just as impactful in that like it's ails with getting put into um, quarantine essentially by um, by the by the new queen, um, or it is Ethelfled being put into isolation mm-hmm. during the whole process after Ethelred's death, um, and Phil just kind of like showing up out of nowhere, making sure that the queen gets punished, and 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 then Edith coming in and saying, no 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 no, hey Ethelfled, you're go mm-hmm. and let's let's figure this out and. Uh, and at the same time, we have all the interplay between all the eldermen who are trying to who, trying to weasel their way into being the next successor, essentially trying to get involved with the king, but also say that, "Hey, you're the king of Wessex. That's great for you. Yep. But you're coming here, and your show of force is an obvious mm-hmm. um, uh, step on the power of Mercia." So they, it's just this fine balance of all of this politicking between everybody uh, that seems to work in conjunction with the emotional stakes, but it gets weaved in properly with the violence of what is also happening. And through all of this, we have the connection brought back to the forefront of Stiora and Uhtred and we Udrid mm-hmm. and Stiora seems like a chip off the old block, man, always having a plan, always knowing what to do. I don't want to watch these kids. I love her. I've been mothering her. I don't need to do this. No one, but she does it anyway. I love her so much. And she's sitting on that, that, that like trunk and freaking Osfirth is in there. And she's just cool as a cucumber. That girl. She's she's Gisela's daughter. She is very much Gisela's daughter. They cast a wonderful young actress. I mean, yes. honestly, all of these actors, these young actors are doing a phenomenal job. Uh, but she has such a strong presence. And I always think it's so interesting for youth, for, you know, these... Because so frequently we see adults who are acting as teenagers. You know, we look once again at the cast of Euphoria. Like, they're all actually adults playing yeah. teenagers. And I love this magical, preteen, very young um, young teenager age where you can't fake it. Yeah. <laughs> like very really, Unless you're moaning Myrtle, you really kind of can't yeah, fake it. Yeah, when you're it. 30 and you're playing a 15-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, when they are able to carry complex characters like that, I just think it's a really beautiful thing. And of course, you know, we look at uh, the future King Ethelstan. He's got yeah. a pretty simple role. I know. Like, he just, just shows be quiet up. and say, I am no one. You know, that's all you got to <laughs> say. You can't go wrong. And then we've got the little princess who just needs to keep like sleeping essentially. But when you look at Stor- Stora? Stiora. Stiora and we look at young um, we Utred. Utred. We Utred. 
They're doing an awesome job. Yeah. And, you know, I'm wearing a my, my Team Zero shirt from the Umbrella Academy. And Stiora actually kind of reminds me of the kid in um, in the Umbrella um, Academy, the one, the, the, the young kid that plays uh, five. Yes. And he has to act among oh all gosh, of these. He's one of the most amazing actors. Yeah. Uh, he has to act among all these adults, adults. like who have been around if you haven't seen that show it is also on netflix it is so weird and so good now that's the kind of weird that actually marries into yes which is funny so like but it's so it's actually not funny weird but you find it it funny it can be funny weird yeah but it's that show if any of you do watch it send us a message and be like okay i took your advice keep going yeah just allow it to wash over you yeah just monkey in monkey in a spacesuit that's all i'm gonna say just allow that. That's how we came across it. I was scrolling through Netflix and the monkey cover image for it is a monkey in a spacesuit. And I told Blake, I want to watch this. And I was like, it's weird. All right, let's do it. And it is one of the best shows I've seen in a long time. You're welcome. So just allow it to wash over you. You're welcome. Let it sit in the ether, simmer there for a little bit and just keep going. And yeah. you're you're going to be, oh, you're, you're just going to. Oh, it's gonna and five will blow your mind. Yeah, and it will infect the actor of five. Yeah, yeah, it will infect your brain. And so what I'm getting at is, if you have seen the Umbrella Academy, you know what we're talking. You know about. what we're talking about, and that's who it, what Stuart when you find these amazing young actors. Yeah, you know, and these are the type of people. It's funny because there haven't really been that many movies. I think because of honestly the pandemic and sure. everything that get to highlight um, the extraordinary acting. And and I just don't think things are written right now that are coming to big time notoriety that have young actors really at the forefront. But you think about other movies that did and um, even the kid that was in The Sixth Sense. What the heck's that kid's name? Oh, um, Haley Joe Osment. Yeah. Like you find these like weird kids where they can do some amazing stuff. Yeah. And so I just always have to give props as, as a former middle school theater teacher. <laughs> I just am always blown away by young actor capabilities. Uh, We bring up Ethelstan when he does say, I am no one. And that is. Who are you? I am no one. And like, it's very Game of Thronesy, but I will say it is kind of shocking to, again, because we had that title card at the beginning of the season, we know who this kid's going to be. We know that when he's walking on, on uh, when he's resting on um, Finn and shoulders as, as they're walking, we're like, that's the future first king of England. And he's just riding on Finnan's shoulders. <sighs> and Finnan's busting his balls. You know that Finnan grows up later on in life and plays like two truths and a lie. And that's one of his things. Like, Guaranteed. Uh, the king of Wessex rode my shoulders as we camped along the countryside. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. The king of England. Oh, you're right. Sorry. Oh, <clears throat> <laughs> uh, uh, And... Okay. I just I just like the fact that that was there. What is this sickness? So I did a lot of research into this. Ew, I did for honestly you. because because I'm into that. So I, I'm a history. I got a degree in history, and it's my thing. And the I'm fact of the matter set. is, I this. watched enough. When everything started to go down, March 2020, 
I honestly, every day, drank <laughs> half a bottle of wine in the tub. I watched Tiger King, Contagion, Outbreak, yeah. Netflix documentaries on all sorts of diseases. Don't F with cats. Oh my gosh, don't F with cats. <laughs> if any of you watch the Tinder Swindler and you get upset because there's no like completion at the ending, I haven't watched it, but that's what people say. Uh-huh. Watch Don't F with Cats. Oh. You There will be completion and oh, you are welcome. Yeah. It's there's... a messed up thing. But I watched all these like really weird messed up stuff in addition to watching all the different things about diseases and plagues. It prepared me very well. Um, but <laughs> outbreak. I'm not <laughs> I'm not I'm telling contagion was the worst one. Contagion like almost all happened. I know. I know. I know. It's wild when like, you think like, about like it. if you haven't rewatched Contagion since this all happened. Watch friends, it again. I watched it March twenty twenty and I was like they're not going to have indoor proms where you have to decorate your house. They're not going to have things where like someone's vaccinated, but you can't visit your partner and you can't guys watch it. I'm, I'm telling you watch it. But nonetheless, I was not interested in, in researching a plague. So I was interested in researching it just to see if it was, you know, it's not the plague, but there, and there, there's no discernible, like this was the thing in the late. Cause would he have 900s. been bleeding from his mouth if he wasn't staked you know, or well, was it? Yeah, but Finnan also, in his moment <sighs> of freakout, says, "I've seen Finnan's me." Oh, Finnan is you! <laughs> oh my god, Finnan couldn't freak out fast enough. If Finnan were alive right now, he would have bought all the toilet paper. No, he would have been me, I and know. would have communicated with friends in Italy and knew to get the toilet paper early. <laughs> <laughs> and then watched Contagion so they were fully prepared. Oh, Finnan is having none of this. Oh my gosh. And, and that is he, so funny. He, he needed some hand sanitizer. <laughs> it's in the air. Doesn't matter. She touched it. Wash your groceries. <laughs> oh my gosh. Finnan the was, washing of groceries. Finnan was all of us in March 2020. Wipe down the counter where the grocery bag even was. <laughs> You need to leave your mail in the mail slot for three full days. Yes. <laughs> Let the sun bleach it. <laughs> it's funny because we can laugh about it now. I mean, I can't, but yes. Yes, I know. As I sit here. <laughs> Just dying. <laughs> I'm not dying. No, you're not dying. I do have lung COVID, but I'm not dying. Yes. Um, Finn and, and this is actually very surprising for me. This is also a bit of great character work. Like Why this, is it surprising? Because Finnan Finnan has always been the the self assured stoic kind of character, like not, and not stoic in that like he but, doesn't talk. But, but Finnan secretly hides in a bathtub with his mead, watching Contagion. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like me, I would never have pegged Finnan for that. Never would have done that. And he, yet here he is, and and. Now that's part of his character. But like, thank God, you know, everyone's kind of freaked, like, Finnan, come down, come down, come down. But none of these other people seem to have had firsthand experience of communicable diseases. You know, everyone's like, sure. oh, gross. But Finnan's like, no, you need to take this seriously. I've seen, I've seen, this. seen this. The guy was fine in the morning, and then by the end of the day, his lungs were liquid. You so know, like, I appreciate it. Yeah. Even though they're kind of like, Finnan, chill. No, no, and I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying it's great characterization yeah. because as I've always said, and I will say this to the day I die, whenever you watch a television ser- series or a movie, if someone asks you to describe a character without giving their name, what they look like, or what they do, and you cannot describe that character, then it's a bad character. Well, I can't say it's bad. It's just not 
a fleshed out character. Some characters are just meant to be wooden. Some mm-hmm. characters are just meant to be an archetype. Some of them are just meant to be cliche. And that's the point. But if you're watching like, okay, if I asked you to describe Qui-Gon Jinn, mm-hmm. like what would you say? Other than the Sorry, fact that his name I'm, is Qui-Gon, and I'm he's not old. To do, I'm not allowed to say he's a Jedi master. No. And I'm not allowed to say he's Obi-Wan's bestie. No, because that's what he does. Okay. Oh. That's a thing. Oh, no. Qui-Gon Jinn is like a very underdeveloped person. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. All right. Like, I thought you were actually asking me to do it. Like, Mary, you should be able to do this. No, no. Okay, thank you. No, but if I asked you to describe Han Solo. Oh, yeah. That's easy. That's easy. Yes. That's because it's a real character. Okay. And so what I'm saying for all of this is... Finnan continues to get fleshed out. He continues to get fleshed out. And this is one of those things that you wouldn't peg him for, but it is true. And that's part of him that you can use to describe him. Which is why I think Citric might die one day. Yeah. He needs a little bit more. However, he got like a little glow up. He did definitely. Did they get had a some glow more up. like close up FaceTime. And I don't know <laughs> what his skincare routine has been like on the road, uh-huh. but he is liking the fresh air. Sure. Oh, the fresh and air the, agrees with And the little beads he's got going oh, yeah. on. Mm-hmm. I like it. Because someone has to shave that head every yeah, other day. I know. Who he's, is it? It's, it's him. him. He's got the knife. He you does. Know? He cares, he's like John Locke in The He cares uh, about how he looks. Um, he does care about how he looks. He takes very- He probably smells good. I, I mean, within context- yeah, he, he probably, probably find, he probably knows like what herbs to rub around in. You know, I'm sure he's big on the mint. Yeah, I'm I'm sure he's very big on mint. Great oral hygiene. <laughs> um, there's also something that happens here too that I wanted to point out. Actually, I wrote this line down specifically. Was when Uhtred was in Aylesburg, um, Aylesbury, and he's speaking to Aldhelm, and Aldhelm says, "Times are feverish. Now is a moment for calm negotiation," and Uhtred. For some reason, like, well, no, I know the reason, but, but Uhtred has this line that just stuck with me when I heard, I said, Oh, that is, mm, that is excellent. He says, the men who play politics always say that. And then they come running for my help. Oh, Mike trap. Yeah. Like seriously, you know what that is? Oh, like, for you know what it is? What it comes down to? No. I think that Martha Hillier captures Uhtred's voice better than Stephen Bouchard. Agreed. I think that she does. Agreed. Um, because he's allowed to still be realist and proud of himself. Yeah. Without it coming off like, of course I do. Yeah, like, it's not wooden. It's it, it. But it's also Uhtred's maturity. Think yes. about it. Richard was so young where he could be bold and yeah. say, I win all the battles. I'm awesome. I'm Uhtred. Yeah. But now he's able to say, people do need my help. Right. And and not have it be boastful it, 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 and it's or not ironic. It's just an acknowledgement of truth. Um, I, for some reason, that moment just, there were there was those two moments that I talked about, but this one in particular, just, it just, stuck with me and I was like wow that is awesome there's there's more of a um with Martha Hillier there's more of uh an acknowledgement of truth but it's it's a little bit more laid back the dialogue feels a little bit more natural mm-hmm. 
and I don't know if that's because Alexander Draymond's just more comfortable in his skin as Uhtred as the seasons go along, or if like, um, you know, Finnan is more comfortable in his skin or whatever. There just seems to be more interplay. There seems to be more of, like, I'll use the word, I, I don't want to, but characterization. Do you find that at all um, as this season goes along? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Brita. Poor Brita. I don't know how long she's down there in that pit with those Welsh just spitting on her and treating her terribly and not feeding her. I'm surprised she hasn't said I'm with child as I wonder if that would have helped her a little bit, just a little bit um, because they are Christians and I don't know if that would have pulled at them in any which way. Um, I do, I, I do think that they, I would hope that they would have treated her a little differently if she told them that she was with child. Yeah. And then of course the guy comes in all chopped up. He looked like he went through an egg slicer. <laughs> Doesn't he? Does. It's like buddy. An egg slicer. You gotta just chop off what's left for your ear. Just, okay? just let it go. Just honestly. It's like when you're balding and you know you gotta shave it all off. I'm just, holy. Yeah. I'm- <laughs> you're a wizard, Harry. I'm saint-like. I'm holy. <laughs> You're welcome, Harry Potter friends. Oh, man, that was good. That was good. Yeah, um, poor Brita. I, can, I can't imagine how this will inform her character going forward, uh, especially knowing that she begged Uhtred to kill her and she is in this position because Uhtred couldn't do what she wanted him to do. I th- mm-hmm. I think that is um, a fascinating direction a- a- a for her character and how this is molding her to an extreme, like she was already extreme as it was. Like she was okay with the violence and the, especially when Kanut was going through Aylesbury and like, stringing people up and everything. She wasn't like, no, 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 you shouldn't do that. No, she was in on it. Mm -hmm. Part of me thinks that like, this is a little bit of payment for her that she has to, she has to endure as a character. Mm -hmm. But the other part of me knows that this is going to push her in a direction that will not make her more centrist. It will make her more extreme. It will push her in in a direction that I think could be her undoing. Um, especially as it relates to whoever put the guy through the egg slicer, mm-hmm. um, whoever this person, like wh- whoever these Danes are that have come from Ireland, which I imagine is Knut's cousin, I would imagine. Um, which, who's his cousin? Remember when Knut, um, we haven't met him yet. We haven't met the cousin yet. But remember when there was like the rumor that Knut was going to Ireland to help that the Heston defeated? told Arslicker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or all the women were going or something? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know that there was another, like, branch of Danes. Yes. Okay. So what I'm saying is they said, the Welsh said to the Welsh king, or his brother, I think. Yeah, it was the brother, because the king went off after the battle was won. He went to his, um, his like, holy, whatever it was, um, his pilgrimage. Mm. Um, I think, you know, no, I know what happened was... Um. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Just my my brain just turned off there for a second. 
they uh, the the soldier said, "Hey, there are these new Danes that showed up, and they're from Ireland." Okay, yeah, yeah. And I so I would, but imagine- that was kind of the lie with Heston. Heston was telling Erdwolf Arslicker yes. about it. All right, I need you to go check on the kids because they turned off the TV. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, so yeah, I. I have no idea who these other Danes are, but I agree it's people we haven't seen. And I just feel like they multiply like rabbits and there's probably Danes and Scots everywhere. But it's just interesting to be expanding this world. You know what I mean? Where we were so focused on Wessex and the people attacking Wessex. And now we've had Mercia and now we have the Welsh and we've got the Scots and we've got these Danes coming from Ireland. So I'm excited to see how the rest of this season plays out. If we do get to, we got, we got Aladdin. Okay. We've got all these people coming from all these places. So I do know that the season is still going to be continually, you know, like tying up loose ends. So I highly doubt we're going to be meeting too many other new people between now and the season finale of season four. You know, we've, we've already added a lot of people. We've added a lot of kids, but I'm interested to see in season five where these people from other worlds come from. Cause you know, we've now gone uh, quite a substantial amount of time through these four seasons. Mm-hmm. And with that, People are getting bolder in their voyages and they're wanting to conquest other lands. So I love that we did. We started off really so micro on Wessex and Bebenberg and these little things. And really, England has this grand land. And yeah. so I'm, I'm happy to see the differences of the politics, the, the way that the people carry themselves, the way they dress, the way that their halls are. You know, yeah. we get to see what the Welsh hall is like. Like, why are there just men in there? Why are they all dressed right. in the same? And, and, and another thing, too, is that the Welsh, the king, King Huel, says, we're going to take the silver that we got from Tettenhall and we're going to build a wall. But we're not building a wall to give up the Danish we're building a wall to keep out the Saxons. Mm-hmm. Like so, think of that, right? The Welsh don't see the Danes as an enemy. They see them as they they see the Saxons yes. as the enemy. That is fascinating. Well, I think also too because they just defeated the Danes, so it's like meh. They weren't that hard. Sure, yeah, absolutely. They're not that organized, you know. It's so it is. It's just I'm. It's interesting to see as as we do know that we are going on a pilgrim pilgrimage into season five that I'm interested to see the world get bigger and continue on that. Way. Yeah. And at the same time as the world, and we say it every episode, England is becoming born, right? And let's see how England is born. You're right. The, the world itself is becoming much larger as mm-hmm. we're involving all these new people. But at the same time in these episodes, our scope became so much smaller, yeah. uh, which is, also a fascinating dichotomy of watching these two episodes. I would say that the the, the fifth episode was beautiful. Uh, yeah. And it was... Except for the squishy death of Doom. Yeah, but that, that's what made it beautiful at the same time. Like, um, And it was personal. There, there were... Um, you know, there, there was a lot of politicking and nerdy stuff. But like, as you said, Mary, that's appreci- you can appreciate it for certain reasons. The sixth episode was just as beautiful, but in a different way. It was very, um, how do I want to say it? It remind it was very like, it reminded me of Stand By Me, almost. You know when they're when they're in their trivia. Oh, you know what? No, no, no. Lord of the Rings. It was very Lord of the Ringsy, like Fellowship of the Rings. You know those shots that. Yeah. You know, the, the, that make you want to go to New Zealand right oh, away. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's what it was. And, you know, the, the Last Kingdom has done 
shots like this, but they were particularly in episode six. Very Outlander season one too, where you're just yeah, like you, scoping, the, yeah, and like grassy shots. Yeah, of and and then also that there are these <laughs> there there are these um mo, uh, like drone shots mm-hmm. that follow up creeks and they they come up you know from the ground and move along with the water or this or whatever um they're like there hasn't been a whole ton of that in the last kingdom but andy hate chose to do that mm-hmm. in episode six so the problem with episode six was that there was a lot of things that needed to happen in order for it to keep going right so when utrid and his buddies show up at the uh at the place where they're supposed to meet ethelfled ethelfled just leaves as he's arriving you know or um all these people are just leaving as other people are arriving it just so happens that um elf elfwin sh- stumbles upon air Aslicker when he's sleeping and nobody wakes up like yeah. there are a lot of lazy you get lucky <laughs> yeah lazy writerly things that happen in order that make it so that the story is able to move forward uh, that's the problem. With like I would have six. felt better if someone was foraging for food and they came across the tree, you know, like if they were going looking for mushrooms or berries or something sure. rather than following the crow, which I know you loved the crow. I was in on the crow, but I don't understand it. And so all I kept thinking about was pagan fever dream. And then it had nothing to do with that. So to me, I would have had a better time with someone even if it was still the same girl, even though she's sick, like anyone just like you are foraging. Yeah. And then you find it. Cause you are, do you need food? Yeah. I mean like, okay. <laughs> or you're getting kindling or something. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and I, here's the other part of this too. And I think the problem is that this girl is just walking. She's a princess. Whatever. She's a princess. Uh, she's Elfwin. She's, she's literally as useless as a Disney princess. <laughs> That's true. Pre So she has no stealth in her whatsoever. And you know, she's walking on sticks and cracking them and leaves are crunching and rocks are moving and she's falling apart. And are you telling me that these soldiers who are with Aslika, there's not someone number one awake to make sure that they don't get killed. And number two, that, she doesn't make so much noise that they don't awake themselves. They don't become awoken. She's in the, she's light as a crow. (laughs) Screw you crow. Um, so if my thought process is, okay, let's say she is foraging or let's say she is looking for kindling or let's say she is in her weird crow dream. How How did nobody hear her? How did nobody hear her? I know. And would it have been better if someone did hear her in the chase begun? Because ultimately, what ended up happening is they got chased. They got chased anyway. Yeah. So like, would it have been better mm-hmm. if they just got chased from the beginning? Yeah. Um, I think that's a, a valid question. And and again, a lot of these things happen just so that the story allows the 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 story allows itself to continue as opposed to the reality of the situation. Okay. And that is when the plot is informing the characters and the characters are not informing the plot. Interesting. So, so there are great things about five and there are great things about six, but they're different in, in different ways. Last character that I want to make sure we cover is Queen Mama. M- uh, Mama a- of the King. Aylesworth? Aylesworth. Okay, what do you, what do you got for her? <sighs> she don't play. She's so mad and rightly so. I don't blame her. Don't put mommy in timeout. Yeah. And it wasn't he who did it. No, it was it was Phil who did it. 
And Phil's just like, yeah, yeah, make sure you go punish her. And then this lady just says, yeah, guy, I don't think so. (laughs) This is what we pay people for. (laughs) It reminds me, I know know you haven't watched it, but it reminded me of Succession season three when Logan Roy says to his kids, you're playing toy soldiers. Like, all I could think of was that when Aylesworth is speaking to the new queen, when like when the new mm-hmm. queen's like, yeah, you're going to be confined. And all I could think of is Aylesworth saying to her, you're playing toy freaking soldiers. Mm-hmm. You have no clue yeah. what you're doing. Good luck. You think you know what you're doing. but <laughs> I could see Aylesworth like being super shady and going to the royal hairdresser mm-hmm. and being like, accidentally put bleach in her shampoo <laughs> next time, you know? So she wakes up and it's like the... What was that movie um, in the early 2000s or late 1990s with the coven? Like, was that what it was called? The craft? Oh, the craft. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Where like the girl like loses all of her hair because they put bleach in it or something. (laughs) Like Nair. Yeah. Oh, that is so funny. Switch this bottle. Switch your shampoo for Nair. Um, Aylesworth would totes do that. And then there is a legitimate conversation that does come out of this, which is Edward is trying to just lead but he's putting out fires. Like Mary and I had a conversation about someone today where it was like, this person just puts out fires. I can't handle it. I can't handle fire putter outers. And right now he's putting out fires and his mother is not helping the situation. As an anxious person, that is like goal number one in life. You do not want to be in a position where you have to put out fires. Yeah, you you want to just make it so that there are no fires. Yeah. And, yeah. and he's got a situation where he's like, All right, close the gates. And then his mother shows up and it's like, Wait, no, open the gates up again. But then he has this problem now with the Witten from, from Mercia. If he asked his mom, Mom, what do I do? Like all these people are gonna she'd say, I know how to make sure fires don't happen. You just wait till all these people are sleeping at night night time and you just sneak me in. I'm f I'll eat some bread. I'll right. just hang on out. Okay, or you take me in the back door. But he didn't ask her for advice. Yeah. Um the last thing I want to talk about actually is Stiora in We Utrid. I found their scene at the end of episode six really nice. Um, You know, you can see that despite the fact that they've been separated, Mm -hmm. that they still very much love each other. But that they're also spiritually separated. We've got Stiora who's leaning very heavily into the pagan and... We Uhtred, who, you know, because of his religious upbringing with the church is, you know, still strong in his faith. Right. I I love that dichotomy between the two. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait to see if there's some kind of synthesis with those characters. Um, You know, does that does that synthesis come in the form of Uhtred? I mean, maybe. I don't don't know. I just I just find that I find that. Remember our baby brother? (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Wonder where he is. All right. You got anything else you want to talk about, no, uh, my love? It. I think we've uh, we're at a, a, an hour fourteen here uh, for this episode, and my headache is yeah. Strong. Your 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 long COVID's coming through. I can see it already. So mm-hmm. uh, we're gonna cut this one uh, to the end here. If there's anything that we missed or anything that you want to talk about, please let us know. Uh, we'll have it in the listener feedback. Again, we're gonna be trying to fire through these as fast as we can uh, before the arrival of season five. Be aware though that we may not finish season four before season five comes out. But we still will podcast of season four before we podcast about season five. Yes, we're not going to jump from episode 407 to 501. So if you binge all of season five on the day it's released, just know we can't. Yeah, normally, and I think... (laughs) 
I just think that given Mary's sickness, you know, and how that, that has been affecting her, I think we're going to go week to week with this. No, we're not. No, that expectation, I'm throwing that out the window. But just know that we can't binge. We're not going to binge. We can't binge podcast. My stamina, sadly, just isn't what it needs to be. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like it, I know. It, so don't don't put an expectation that it's going to be week to week, but definitely make sure that you're on our complimentary texting service. Make sure you're following us on social media channels as I am going to start putting up a weekly podcast schedule. Mm-hmm. And if you follow our Mary and Blake Facebook page, we're actually going to be making Facebook events so you can plan accordingly, particularly if you listen to more than one of our podcasts. Yes. You know, if you listen to The Last Kingdom and The Potterverse or Outlander Cast or This Bridgerton. Is Us Too or Bridgerton later this month, like you'll have a good idea if you want to join in the discussion whether is it actually a live podcast or it's a premiere podcast which is when we're still live in the chat feature with you Uh, like this one right here is a premiere podcast so um it's recorded earlier but we are actually in the live chat with you yes um just know that you'll want to be following us on that as we do have a very full schedule and we're going to be doing podcasts essentially every single night yeah and i am still very sick. Very, very sick. <laughs> Gonna have all the naps. I'm so, I'm so mad. <laughs> of course, me, the one who watched Contagion and Outbreak know, and all the things. Like, and it, I wish, I swear to God, I wish it were me that got sick this way. No. Because I know, and I know that you're doing a great job pushing through it, but like, I feel so terrible telling you, okay, Mary, we got a podcast. Oh and you're just like looking at me with death eyes. Yeah. Like, you know, and- just because you're so sick, I, if it were me, I would just say, okay, we have responsibilities. Like we have to push through it, which is very much what you're doing. But I feel so terrible. I mean, if you want to get it, we can ask. I will gladly get it. I will gladly <laughs> no, take it from you, no, <laughs> from whichever god uh, or gods I need to take it from you. I will. I will ask them. No, don't. Don't <laughs> wish upon any of that. Okay, only one of us can be down this long. All right, let's close this bad boy out, shall we? We shall. Let's do it. Thank you all so much for hanging on out with us and also for you being um, listening to a joint podcast episode. As yes. Blake and I said, we've never done anything like this for The Last Kingdom before. So thank you or for, for understanding shows, really. uh, why we did it. And we'd love your feedback. Um, don't forget to leave us that rating and review. It makes a huge, huge difference. Yes, just, it does. Uh, just a little like silent plea if any of you suffer from long covid and you found anything that works for you please just send us a message and let me know because i'm willing to do anything right now um but uh, yeah aside from that put one of those like little virus emojis you know in in like a in the comment section just message us just message us you're fine um so thank you thank you so very much we are very excited for the month of march as we go forward into all of the different podcasts so make sure you're following us on social media if we do bring you joy as I said feel free to become a member at jointhenerdclan.com it makes a massive difference in our lives so thank you thank you especially for those of you who are already members there from the bottom of our hearts we are just so honored that you take the time to listen and to join us in these little pieces of Lumos in a time of night. yeah this you know we're not one of those big conglomerate podcast companies we don't have the big sponsors that that support us or guide our content we are we are completely independent our content is our own our voices are our own so you should take comfort in that but because of that independence you know we do 
we do ask for your help. Uh, we do a- ask for your support. And we ask that um, you continue to listen to us and enjoy us and engage with us. Uh, even if you don't support us, that's totally okay. Engage with us. Engage with the community. Mm-hmm. Join the Facebook group. Uh, leave us a-, a review on the Apple Podcast app because we can't pay we can't pay bots to leave uh, comments. Don't you like, don't want it. Like a lot of companies do. Yeah. Like That happens. That's, that's a true yeah. thing. Uh, we don't do that. Yeah. Uh, everything that you see from all of our, co- it's, it's all genuine. real. It's all genuine. So, and that's all dependent upon you. So there are many ways you can help Mary and Blake. And you can even screenshot this podcast yeah, exactly. and put it up in your stories. Maybe uh, you're already a member of Join the Nerd Clan. You want to help out more, or maybe you can't afford to join. Honestly, screenshotting this and putting in your stories yeah. and tagging us and letting people know. That's actually like that's the best thing that you can huge. do. Huge. Yeah. That is literally word of mouth. And that is the best way that people find podcasts. Yeah. So make sure you keep track with us um, or, and uh, on us uh, regarding all of the podcasts because we do have This Is Us 2 happening. Outlander cast, Bridgerton with Mary and Blake. We have the Potterverse, obviously, and The Last Kingdom that's dropping at the end uh, in, in a few days. Um, so make sure you keep in touch with us at Mary and Blake on all of the social media platforms and maryandblake.com, where you'll be able to see the schedules and all that other stuff. Trust me, you need it. All right, everybody. My name is Mary. My name is Blake. Destiny is all. <laughs>